The views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, advertising partners, or ownership of Forever Communication. The It's All Good Podcast, hosted by Lorraine Gossett-Jones, sponsored by Baptist Memorial Hospital. This is Lorraine Jones with the It's All Good Podcast on Radio NWTN.com. Well, I'm back. I'm back with my podcast, but it's going to be a little different this time. Um, I'm still going to be interviewing guests, but we're going to mix it in with some mini podcasts, just some 15-minute mini podcasts, words of inspiration and encouragement, just some positive thoughts in a sometimes negative world. So uh, let's get started. I have a question for you today. Do you have any stress in your life? Any stress at all? Yes, of course you do. If any of you were answering no, you're lying. Um, in fact, I looked a few things up and, and I saw that 50% of the population in America actually are worried about how high their level of stress is in their life. And um, it's been estimated that 70% of doctor's visits are stress-related. Think about the reasons that we go to a doctor. We go for, for high blood pressure, migraines, ulcers, sleep problems, depression. 70% of those ailments that we go and see a doctor for can be drilled back down to stress in our lives. And then this was astounding, this last statistic. 18 million Americans are on Prozac or something like that. So stress is out there. A lot of people, maybe you, are feeling overwhelmed. And and I think stress comes from three places. And, and we're going to kind of talk about all three of those. Um, and they are, number one, I think it comes from busyness. Just the busyness of, of life as we live it out there these days. And the second comes from worry, And the third comes from the storms, I'll call them, the storms that come our way. So let's let's talk about busyness first. We've all got a lot to do. As you're listening to this, you're probably juggling several different things. Just sort of make some mental notes to yourself of what your laundry list of things are that you do every day. Maybe you work inside the home or outside the home and, and your job. You've got the stress of deadlines, um, meetings, reports, everything that goes with that. You probably serve on some committees in your community. Uh, Maybe you belong to a civic group or you volunteer with some organization. You're probably involved in church activities. Um, And then if you have children, my goodness, and then maybe you have several children and their schoolwork, their extracurricular activities, sports, projects, everything that goes with that for every child. And then you're running a household. You're the CEO. You're running that household. You're cooking, you're cleaning, you're paying bills, you're making it run. So um, some of that busyness is just a part of life. But, but some of it is self-imposed. We are overcommitted. And our children are overcommitted. We're all just in too much. I was, I was thinking about this as I was thinking about what I might say today. And I remember 
when my children, I have two boys, when they were younger, they're almost, they're both going to have birthdays in April. They're going to be 34 and 30. Um, But when they were younger, I was involved in everything. Um, And it was a December, I remember. I was the president of the PTO. I was the head homeroom mother. I was the den mother for their Cub Scouts, uh, taught Sunday school, da-da-da-da-da. And with all of these activities in December came programs and parties. And um, I was out doing for my children. I was out doing, decorating, planning. And I looked at the calendar at the end of December Even though I was doing good things, doing things for my kids, for us, I was only home six days in the month of December. So that really hit home, and I cut a lot of things out. I narrowed down my laundry list of things to do to to just a handful of things that I was really passionate about. So we're busy, busy, busy. We need to kind of look at that. And then a lot of us, we can't say no. I'm a lot better at saying no the older I get. But when I was younger, I wasn't good at it at all. So so we're not good at saying no. And then not only are we busy and we're not saying no, then we're wasting a lot of time or we're not manage our, managing our time properly. So we always feel rushed. And I'm going to pick on Facebook. You know, I'm not a big Facebook user. I'm on it. I tell everybody that I... I post something quarterly, so everybody knows I'm still alive, but I don't use it every day. I I do for my business some, but um, you can look on there. I didn't know this, but I saw on there, you can see what your usage is. And it, people have told me it can be two, three, four hours a day on social media. I, I think that is amazing that That is such a huge number. I couldn't believe it. And, you know, I saw Betty White. You know, Betty White passed recently, and they're replaying all these um, interviews and things. And I think they had a snippet of when she hosted Saturday Night Live. And and her friends, she was talking, and she said her friends had been um, bugging her to get on Facebook. So she finally did for just a little bit. And she said uh, the only thing that came out of it is I— I just think it's a terrible waste of time. And, you know, this is a 90, 95-year-old woman who doesn't want to waste any time. Uh, so, you know, many of us are wasting a lot of that. So we need to we need to think about that. Um, and also many of us don't simply take time to rest. You know, um, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says very simply, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. So God says, he says, come to me, trust in me, put me first. And and when we do, you know, submit to his leadership, uh, it can help us eliminate a lot of stress and it can give us rest and peace in our life. And you know what? God himself modeled this. He took a day off from work. Exodus 20, 11, it says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that's in them, and then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now God could have accomplished all of his work all at once if he wanted to. He could have done however he wanted to. but um, And it wouldn't have taxed him. God could have crammed all six days worth of creation into one day. 
But God was establishing a pattern for us, a rhythm of work and rest. God worked, and when he found a good stopping point, he rested. He never burned out. He didn't collapse in a heap on the weekends. And this is the pattern set forth by creation. Work and rest, stress and release, sound and silence. Now, the second cause of stress, I think, is just flat-out worry. In Proverbs 12, 24, it says, worry weighs a person down. And worry is actually, when you think about it, it's the opposite of trust in God. It's negative meditation. You're taking time to think. You're taking time to meditate. But you're dwelling on the worst-case scenarios, the bad outcomes, the what-ifs. I heard somebody say once that worry's like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And isn't that the truth? We need What we need to do is we need to pray. We need to give our worries to God. And guess what? We need to be optimistic and we need to think positively. I want to tell you a a little story. Ronald Reagan uh, used to talk about the importance of being optimistic and positive, and he used to tell a lot of stories. And one is his, one of his favorite stories was about two little boys. They were two little boys that were actually twins, but they had radically different personalities. Their parents said one was an optimist and one was a pessimist. Even as a little boy, they were just born this way. But the parents wanted to test out their theory one Christmas. So uh, they they had the pessimist child. They took him to his bedroom door and said, open your bedroom door on Christmas. So he opened his door, and inside of his room was a room full of wonderful brand-new toys. And he burst into tears. And his parents said, what's the matter? Don't you want to play with these great toys and The boy said, no, they'll just get broken, and my friends will bug me to play with them, and then I'll lose all the pieces. So they took their optimist son, said, well, let's try something different, took their optimist son to his bedroom door and said, open the door, and he opened the door, and there was a room just piled full of manure. Well, he jumped up and down. He shouted with delight. He started giggling and digging through it with his bare hands. And they said, what are you doing? And the little boy said, there must be a pony in here somewhere. (laughs) So Reagan told that story so often, it kind of became like a running joke with his staff. So if they were in a meeting or something was happening, things were going wrong, a staff member would always say, hey, don't panic. There got to be a pony in here somewhere. So cast your cares upon him. Look at the bright side. Be an optimist. Now let's get to the third. So we've got busyness of life, worry, and the third cause of stress is storms. Storms that just come our way. Um, I saw a saying once, um, and I actually have it framed in my office, uh, and it says, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. I love that. I love that. Have you ever danced in the rain? When I was a child, we lived in a subdivision, and there were lots of children in this subdivision. And, And when it would rain hard, I mean really storm, the storm drain 
on our street would clog. Um, and the street in front of our house, it was like a where three streets came together, kind of like a T. And right there, it would clog up. And pretty quickly, we would have have a fast-moving stream, and it would get pretty high. Um, so we, when it would storm and we'd start looking outside, um, we would change our clothes and we'd go running out to play in the storm. Um, I don't remember. I mean, I think about it now, and I think how gross and disgusting that water probably was and what I was playing in. But all I remember back then, I remember how fun it was. I remember it just pouring, but I remember jumping and singing and dancing in the rain without a care in the world. And that's the way we should all handle a storm. I want to share with you something from James. It's on James 1, uh, in James 1, 2. And it says, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. So it says, count it all joy when you fall into divers, which is various temptations worth his trial. So when you fall into these various trials, storms of your life, count it all joy. And you read that and you say, count it all joy when you have troubles, when you have trials, when you have hardships. Really? That kind of goes against the way that most humans handle things. Now, it doesn't say be happy about your troubles. It says count them all joy. Count like an accounting term. So the author of this is implying that we should enter our hardships and our storms as deposits in our checkbook of our life, not withdrawals. See them as something that can be used, a lesson that can be learned, right? It's okay to say this stinks, but I'll get through it. I'll become closer to God and I will glorify him through it. This side of heaven, nothing is going to be perfect, but we are asked to be found faithful in our circumstances. So um, I had something here from Kenneth Boa of Reflections Ministries, and he says, in the University of Life, trials are not elective courses. They are a required part of the curriculum. It's how we grow. And I thought that was really good have another little thing I want to read you. I collect things all over. When I see things that interest me, I I print them off. I tuck them in a folder. I, I screenshot them, whatever I do. And I don't know where this came from. I don't know who to give it credit, who to give credit for it. But as many of you may know, I, I ran a fitness and wellness center for 25 years. So I know a lot about placing stress on muscles and endurance and in, in, in building your endurance and things like that. But I never saw it. It said like this about building your spiritual muscle. And the writer says, physically speaking, we build ourselves up by intentionally stressing our muscles. We apply stress so they will grow. Why then does the correlation between the physical and spiritual so often elude us? We much prefer to go to the physical gym, but we abide in the spiritual lounge. Until we allow God to take us to the spiritual gym and intentionally place us under stress, we won't grow into the leaders that he designed us to be. I think that's pretty awesome. Makes you look at stress and trials and hardships, makes you look at them differently. 
So, I want you to greet each day, rain and gusty wind included, with a smile, with resolve, and with a whole lot of gratitude. You've been listening to Lorraine Jones and the It's All Good podcast. The next time it rains, I hope you dance. The It's All Good podcast, hosted by Lorraine Gossett-Jones. Sponsored by Baptist Memorial Hospital, delivering the promise of quality health care. In 1950, Baptist Memorial Hospital Union City opened with a vision to bring quality health care to the Kenton area. Over time, we've built on the tradition of combining patient care, research, and education. This has led to stunning breakthroughs in diagnosis, treatment, management, safety, and prevention. Our staff are bound together through deep history, timeless commitment, and our pursuit of excellence. With a rich history and faith as our foundation, we look forward to many more years of healing, teaching, and preaching and delivering the promise of quality health care.